Hey, welcome to Cannon Fodder, an all-things Arsenal podcast. I'm Tim. I'm Fred. All right. Ugh. Oof. This is not going to be an easy one. Um, I don't want to pot about this. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? Let's just... Honestly, let's skip the pleasantries and just get right into it, because the the best way to finish something is to start. So let's just get this over with. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we are, we are going to talk about Arsenal's uh, one nil defeat to Leicester. Um, so yeah, let's just get right into it. Any issues with the lineup? Anything no. interesting at all? No issues with the lineup. Um, I was actually really excited. I was really intrigued because it looked like from the lineup, uh, which was the case when the game started, that we were playing a back four in a midfield three, a four three three. Yeah, um, and that's like what we were all hoping Arteta would eventually transition towards. You know, um, but yeah. So when I saw Shaka Sabios and Party on the team sheet, I was like, "Oh boy, here we go! It's game time! It's go time!" Yeah, um, extra midfielder. You know, hopefully that just helps us out. We had Tierney and Bellerin starting at fullbacks, and they actually got to play like fullbacks, um, at least for the first half. But we'll come on to the atrocious second half. Um, but no, lineup was totally fine. I was totally yeah. cool with everything. I was excited about it. Yeah, yeah, same here. The lineup did look good. I was like, okay, we're back four. You know, we're doing the the four three three. I really thought it was going to be good. You know, and looking at that front three, it looked like it was going to be Saka on the left. Yep. Or Saka on the... Uh, yeah. It looked well, like it was going to be Saka on the right and Alba right, on the left Alba just because the, that's yeah, what that's Arteta what has like always yeah, done. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, but, you know, okay, straight into it. The game starts. That is not what it is. Alba's on the right. Saka's on the left. Yeah. Lacazette in the middle, which I think both of us, you know, kind of knew that's what Arteta was going to do, but we that's not what we wanted to see. I think the lineup you and I would have wanted to see more is Sock on the left, Alba through the center, and Pepe on the right, or Willian on the right. Um, yeah. I would I would have rather seen Pepe than Willian, but yeah, it so it's different, you know. It's, Start the it's game massively different, yeah. It's different. It looks a little bit strange, and. I didn't know how it was going to work, but then, you know, a few minutes in, we score a goal from a header, a perfectly fine goal. Yep. And that gets wrongly called off by VAR for Xhaka impeding Casper uh, Schmeichel in the goal, which was not the case. Um, yep. He was like a yard away from him and to the side. Yeah. So it's just. It's wild. It's in a crazy. game, yeah, in yeah. a game that there's not a lot of positives to take from, in the terms, in terms of, I just think the way we finish the game, you know, it's it's difficult to not say that that early goal wouldn't have changed the complexion of the game. I think if that goal doesn't get called off, Leicester have to play different. We have more confidence. I think we, if we get some of those chances, we we'll talk about later in the first half. I think we convert them because we have more confidence. So I think yeah. it's a very big moment in this in this game that that goal getting called off. Yeah, I completely agree. Like 
what you said, Leicester sat deep the whole time. They would have had to have played a lot different if that goal would have gone in that early. It was in like the third or fourth minute or something like that. Um, they would have had to have actually come out of their shell, actually tried to attack, try to tie the game up. That would have left space in behind. And you do have dangerous players on the transition for Arsenal. As much as like we don't want Lacazette playing right now, we'd like to see Alba through the middle um, and maybe Pepe on the wing um, instead because he's a more natural winger. Um even still, even despite the fact that this lineup wasn't 100% perfect, we've got a lot of dangerous players on the counter. You yeah. know, we've got two fast fullbacks. Alba's great at running into space. Shaka can play long balls. Louise can play long balls. And he had a fantastic first half from a yeah. passing perspective. Dude, and our both of our fullbacks can play really good balls in. Like, yeah. Kieran Tierney had some incredible crosses in that game. Yeah. Some really, really good crosses that should have been converted into goals. Um, Definitely. And Bellerin, too. I mean, Bellerin is very good at making runs into the attacking third, getting to the byline, putting crosses in, putting cutbacks in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, given the way that we know that we can set up and play and knowing, you know, that we could have done, I really feel like we could have got something out of that game if that if that goal wasn't called off. Because I don't think we would have lost that game. But, you know, we there's nothing we can do to change it. Um, I don't want to complain about it too much because yeah, it's just going to make it harder to get through the sludge that was. Yeah, the second half. I don't but, think it's I don't think it's the main takeaway. I don't think it's the story yeah, I don't of the think game. It is either. I don't like think it's it is either. it's a frustrating thing that you can make all sorts of arguments about how it would have changed the game this that the other like we just said, but it's football. Like before VAR, decisions like this happened all the time and it was really frustrating, just wrong calls blatantly. It's a little bit there's an extra layer of frustration when VAR is there and when VAR isn't looking at a situation where Shaka was clearly not impeding the goalkeeper and you look back at the last Premier League game Kyle Walker had his foot raised. Both of his feet were off the ground. He was about to kick Gabby in the head and it didn't get called. So that's arguably two goals in our last two Premier League games. We'd have two points instead of zero. Um, but that's not the story of the game. It's frustrating. It's, it is what it is, but it's football. Unfortunately, um, we thought these things would get ironed out with VAR, but like there's a lot more that went on in this game that we'll yeah, get onto. Yeah. I mean, so for me, I think after that goal gets um, taken back, I thought we played pretty well for the first 20 minutes of that first half. Yeah. Lester really didn't have any, um, you know, chan- any real chances and they weren't set up to, um, you know, right. they weren't set up to play and that's not, you know, I, I don't want to be too critical of that because there's a lot of teams that do that in the premier league and there's teams yeah. that do that in every league because, you know, I feel like to a certain extent at the end of last season, there was a little bit more, you know, steel injected into that team from Arteta and we were beating teams and we were playing better and we were, you know, I I just feel like a little bit of some, maybe some of our tactics were kind of found out a little bit. And Lester knew that if they sat deep and they were disciplined, which they were very disciplined, they didn't make it easy for us in any way. Right. You know, they knew that it would be easier for them to maybe get a little joy out of that game if they did that. So that's what was, made the first half so much more frustrating when you look at the chances that we had. Yeah. And I think what you're saying is, is true uh, in the sense that like teams it's a, it's a sign of progression for Arsenal and the job that Arteta's doing overall since he's taken over is that teams are preparing for us now. You know, usually the last time, <clears throat> excuse me, the last time we played Leicester, they just came at us. They had no fear. They pressed us. 
But now they know that if you press us, we can play out from the back successfully. We did it a yeah. number of times against very big teams in the, on the way to winning the FA Cup last season. Yeah. We can play out from the back. So they're not going to press us that high. They're going to sit back, wait, 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 cut off passing lanes as best they can, hit us on the counter. Their plan worked to absolute perfection, like exactly how Britted Rogers would have drawn it up. So it's a bit of like... You know, it's it's a bit of a compliment. It's like damning with faint praise. I don't know if that's the right phrase to use, but you know, they they set up for us to nullify us, um, and it was it was a frustrating thing. But at the same time, we had a lot of clear chances in that first half for that twenty minutes, and I would say even beyond that twenty minutes, the first half in general, I felt like we were creating chances. Um, we can touch on that lock as that chance in a second. We were creating chances. We were pressing well, winning the ball back, and they weren't really having much of a sniff um yeah, yeah i mean yeah because for me you know the the two big chances in that first half that we you know that to me were very big chances like almost not they weren't like clear-cut chances but the first one to me is um the header that alba puts over um when yeah. he's running into the box it's a great cross from karen tierney it's a great yeah. cross and it's frustrating because I, you know, I've seen some people like, Oh, that's a really difficult, that's a really difficult one. That's a really difficult one. And he's running. I think when you look at it from, you know, the angle that sh- that we saw from TV is from behind, you know, yeah. you just see him running onto the goal and you see him headed over. Um, if you look at it from the side, you see how much distance he actually has on his man. You see him actually get up. There's yeah. no reason he, he that a striker of Aubameyang quality isn't put that on target. I think that's a I think that's a big miss. I felt like Lacazette had a similar chance that he put over later in the game, later in the first half. Not the yeah really yeah yeah. I know which one. I know I know yeah. that Lacazette one you're talking about. I think that one's a harder chance because okay. he's the ball is kind of the the way he is with his defender on that one. He's jumping kind of backwards to try to head the ball Off so you're already foot, yeah yeah you're already putting yourself in a bad position he's not that tall Lacazette doesn't jump very high so him j- having to jump backwards it's taking your forward momentum out it's harder to get your head like into the ball headers like that are really difficult and that one kind of looped over but the right. biggest chance the biggest chance and, and I think this will just spur us on to talking more about Lacazette in general because man he just had a stinker but yeah Again, another great cross from Kieran Tierney into the box. All Lacazette has to do is like just, I mean, if it if it like hits his face, his nose, his balls, if it hits Anything. him, it goes in the net. Yeah. And he just, you know, makes terrible. I mean, he does make the slightest bit of contact and he puts it out for a goal kick. But he's, th- you know, he's you know, what, what, two yards out. Yeah. From the goal, I mean, it's yeah. an, it's a terrible, terrible miss. It's a sitter. It is. It was a it was a total sitter. And like you were saying, to get onto the uh, the more broad sort of Lacazette discussion, um, when you think about it in the realms of like, what is Lacazette actually good at? Um, what is he actually offering the team as opposed to what he's being asked to do? And he's being asked to press hard, which he does. He, uh, he gives away a lot of clumsy fouls, and he definitely did in the second half of this game as the game wound down. He's, he's pressing hard. He's asked to drop in, play that false nine, wall passes, back to goal type stuff. But the Lacazette that we bought, the Lacazette at his peak, 
um, for Leon and in the first couple of seasons, season and a half, whatever it was at Arsenal, um, two seasons. Uh, you know, he's, he's a penalty box poacher. He's a fox in the box. He cleans stuff up. So if he's not doing the other stuff, he's being asked to do well. If he's not creating a lot of turnover opportunities while he's pressing, if he's not connecting play and linking play um, in absence of having a, you know, attacking creative midfielder, we're asking Lacazette to do that job. If he's not doing that, and then on top of that, he's also not finishing sitters like that, then what is he doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, no. Yeah, and I think that's been, I think it's been really apparent this season. And we've had a lot of conversations about this kind of off air in the sense that, yeah, Lacazette has been scoring some goals this season. You know, previous to this game, he scored, you know, three goals in all three of the starts that he had in the Premier League. Yeah. But, you, I, but he has not been playing well. He just hasn't. Yeah. And I We've think said this, that on both podcasts that we've yeah, done. And I think you know? this game, I don't want to say it's the nail in the coffin because I just have this suspicion that Arteta is going to keep picking him. Um, yeah. But you can just see this game. Like you're saying, his touch, not great. His running wasn't great. You can tell that like his legs are starting to go. His yeah. passing, you know, there's so many times where we did press Lester high to win the ball back. And as soon as it got into Lacazette, you know, if Alba played it into him or somebody played it into him, he would try to do some little one-two pass. And he just all almost always screwed it up. Yeah, he, there, he didn't help us in a big way. He helped us lose possession a lot. And I'm sure there are some things that he did okay in this game that I'm not seeing because I was just really kind of frustrated with him as a player in this game. But I think it speaks to a wider issue. When you have, when, when you have a team like ours who isn't creating a lot of chances and we're not scoring those big chances that we are creating because we don't have the right people in the right spot at the right time, and then on top of that, you have people who are kind of screwing up the basics in a big enough way that it is, it's it's killing our attacking threat. It, it, it's just hard. It's hard to yeah. watch that, and it's hard not to put some, you know, I think, some well earned criticism at Arteta's feet, and to say, hey, at some point, you got to do something different because this is not working. Yeah, it's strange um, because just a couple seasons ago, he was voted the Arsenal player of the season yeah. by the fans. He had amazing numbers. I'm not going to quote them because I don't remember them exactly, but it was double-digit goals and assists. Very productive season. He'd get into situations where he would dribble past like three people um, and and lay the ball off. And he's like, oh, wow, that's great. Or he'd have quick feet in the box to get a chance off. Even last season, a goal he scored against Spurs with his left foot. Um yeah, just but like, I, and yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. where is that gone? Yeah. Where where's that dribbling yeah, ability, I just feel that like there layoff used to ability? Be, yeah, yeah. There used to be a, enough confidence. I feel like there's something that's kind of like really intangible when it comes to strikers. Is that, and you saw it that that season that Leicester won the Premier League. You saw it with JB Vardy. If you go back and look at some of the goals he scored in that yeah. season, audacious. Un, some of them are unreal. Yeah, because you have a guy <laughs> who is literally so full of confidence in his ability to score and his ability to do something for his team that, you know, there's no second guessing. He's taking shots, he's making runs. And, you know, I just feel like there's this, it's almost like uh, some sort of divine force. It's like luck every time you hit the ball to a certain extent. But like, yeah, when you're a striker who has a lot of confidence, 
and you have, you know, that gives you a certain amount of power. I mean, look at like someone like Ibrahimovic. The guy is like he pisses confidence and yeah. he drinks it every morning. It's like, <laughs> and he scores insane goals at every club he's ever been to all the time. Oh, and he just, and he does even for right now for AC Milan. It's insane. He just scored a brace the other day. Yeah. Yeah. He scored a brace in his last three games. And so, he's like 40 years old. Yeah. And he's like <laughs> 75. So <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. But I think that's a big issue with Lagazette right now is that I feel like he knows that his body is going and he can't even do the small things right. And he yeah. can't do it in front of goal. So in my mind, you got to drop him. Yeah, you have to. And it's it's a weird thing. We in the sports world, in the soccer world specifically, you a lot of times when players are approaching the age of 30, you talk about that proverbial cliff, that physical cliff. All of a sudden they're gonna drop off of it, their speed's gonna go, everything's gonna go. And it's just a maybe the confidence issue, but also his technical power seemed to be waning. His his yeah. shooting isn't as crisp as it used to be. He's not getting the ball out of his feet. He's not he used to be able to lay the ball off and play wall passes very well. Um and it's just yeah, it's just frustrating to see. And that's that's a very I mean that that's not just a first half thing, even though we're about to wrap the first half up. That was a game long thing with Lacazette. Yeah. He had a terrible game. Um and has had I think yeah, I don't think he's had a solid performance, and which is ironic because he's got three Premier League goals. He has more Premier League goals than Aubameyang. Um, but yeah, moving on from from Lacazette, I guess like I don't know that that first half you know, kind of petered out. Um, I felt like we stayed on top the whole time. I've got some stats pulled up. Um, yeah, I feel like we did stay on top. We were exerting yeah. ourselves. We were keeping possession. So yeah. Yeah, we had 11 shots to their one in the first half, uh, about 60% possession um, and a higher passing accuracy, almost a 90% passing accuracy. So we were just retaining possession well, keeping the ball well, um, not creating too many clear-cut opportunities, but even though there was a couple that we've touched on. Um, but yeah, so first half ended and I, I felt good. I felt fine. There was a nagging yeah. feeling in the back of my mind, like I hope that those missed chances don't come back to haunt us because they had Jamie Vardy sitting on the bench coming back from injury. And it just felt like the, it was a script written. It went right into Bryn, Brendan Rogers plan to, you know, stay in the damn game and just bide their time and send Vardy on in the 55th minute. But yeah, that was the first half pretty much done and dusted. We, we were on top. We created some chances. Didn't take them, had a goal wrongly ruled out and, you know, that was about it. How did you yeah. feel though, going into the second half? Like, were you optimistic? Like, yeah. What yeah. Were you I feeling? mean, I, I, I felt like I was optimistic because we were creating chances and I thought in my mind, I was like, there's two ways in the second half. Like if around the 55 minute mark, we can make a change in this game. And I, I'm what I thought. And I think we talked about this. was you take off Lacazette, put Albert through the center and you put on Pepe. I think in a team that needs creativity, that needs somebody who can make a spark, you need a player like that in there. But you bring on Eddie and you switch Alba and Saka. If you're going to play Alba in the front three, it has to be either on the left or through the center because actually his expected goals from the left or from the center are kind of close. Um, yeah. It's a little bit more through the center, but there, it's it's not bad on the left. It's like, it's very close, but on yeah, the when right, he plays on the left, he drifts central. So yeah, he, but he, when he, when he has on played the on the right side, like a little bit last season, his XG is down, down. Like he's yeah. not, he's not going to score. 
he's not going to get involved as much. It's not the uh, a position he's comfortable with. So I think that really killed us too. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, for me, what I saw of the second half is Louise go off and yeah. he goes off in the 50th minute. So like, you know, five minutes after the second half starts. Yeah, that's huge. And for the next 10, 15 minutes, you saw how much of an impact that had on the way we played. Yeah. Um, Cause he, you know, in the first half, his passing was incredible. That pass he had out to the left-hand side to Tierney that he just kept pinging. I mean, he was on it. He was yeah. on it. So him really putting great balls in over the top, which was kind of our, our only threat is him getting it to one of the fullbacks and then pinging it in. Yeah. It's gone and nothing. It just seemed like nobody else could do anything. We weren't playing through the center of midfield. We we're bypassing it. So I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on the rest of the second half? Cause I didn't see it. Yeah. Well, so basically I think shortly after, um, Louise went off for Mustafi. Like, what'd you say? That was the 50th minute or so. Yeah. I checked, I checked it earlier. It for the, it, I think he went down like the yeah. 48th minute and he, he went off in the 50th. Yeah. So I, I think, so he was our, like you said, our main creative outlet that Saka and Louise going off really just killed a lot of our momentum. It killed a lot of our creativity, but just a couple of stats I looked up today. Um, Shaka made 98 passes, which is a good bit. Not a crazy amount, but that's a good bit. Most of the play was flowing through him. Party yeah. only made 54, yeah, which is crazy. And he's he's sitting there in the middle. And there was clips that I've seen doing the rounds of him being visibly frustrated when the ball is getting recycled back to the center backs. They don't play it to him. And he's got space he can turn and run into, but they just horseshoe pass it around the back four out to Shaka in that left back position. Um, and that was, you know, uh, there's another stat here I pulled up. Gabrielle passed the ball to Granite Shaka 35 times. Shaka passed it to Gabrielle 24 times. They each passed it to Party eight times. So a total of yeah. 16 times. And that's, yeah. it, it just like killed any sort of momentum that Thomas Party could have brought this dynamic, physical, sprinting, able to and carry you, the ball with the Why do you think they weren't passing him the ball? Do you think it's like they're not used to having that extra man in midfield? Or you think hmm. that they're just they're just worried about the system. They're just playing conservative and in themselves. What do you think it is? I think it's a combination of a number of things. I think Hmm. one thing I've heard mentioned is uh, just the sort of lack of attacking intent um, and the sort of safety first approach that, you know, you could point at Arteta for that still being the mindset that our players play with that safety first approach. Um, Because when Arteta came in, it was a dumpster fire and he had to sort things out and he has done. Um, defensively from a defensive standpoint. But when we're in, in control of a game like this, we've had plenty of games where we've got 70% possession and we're not creating chances, so we didn't know what to do. Um, so I think that's why Shaka's the safe option. He's not going to really lose the ball too much, um, but he's also not going to make any line-breaking passes or he's not going to be able to switch the play like Luis was doing um, in the first half, or at least he didn't do that this game. I think, like you said, a lot of it could be they're not used to party being there. They're not used to that third um, midfielder being in that space, I think the word a lot of like soccer analysts use is uh, automatisms. They're not used to those passing patterns, the formation and how it shifts and moves. Yeah. And like you can pass the ball to a space because you know someone will be there even without looking. Maybe that's to do with it as well. Um, I'm not sure, but I think no matter what, that massively hurt us. You look at Thomas yeah. Party as the type of midfielder who carries the ball really well. Second 
most completed dribbles in all of Europe last season. And you're crying. This game was crying out after Louise went off and after Saka went off. The game is crying out for someone just to grab the game by the scruff of the neck yeah. on this Arsenal team and just have some attacking impetus. And he could have provided that, but he wasn't given the chance to. And that was it's interesting what you said about the automatisms things, because um, that's a very you know Arsene Wenger kind of you know that's the kind of stuff he would say. And I I, I listened to that uh, the Arsene Wenger interview that uh, Football Ramble did. Um, oh yeah, Brassel, and it was really good because he he says something I thought was really interesting about the way, you know, Andy Brassel asked asked him a question about how young players are, um, kind of how they develop now, as compared to when you know he would have to develop them when he was a manager. Yeah, and he said something I thought was really interesting, um, as he was saying he's like nowadays he's like the players the young kids, like you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old. He's like, they're so well prepared. He's like, physically, they're in better shape. He's like, tactically, they're in better shape. Um, he's like, they have just so, like, they just know that kind of stuff so yeah. much to the point where he's like, you know, they don't grow up playing, you know, for hours a day at their local park with different kinds of people, you know, like, and he was just saying that like when you grow up playing like that yeah. there's certain technical things and creative things that you learn how to get yourself out of situations because you're not learning anything tactically it's just pure football expression you're kind yeah. of learning how to get out of situations purely you might watch a game on tv and see terry Henry do something crazy and you might just go try to do it but you have to right. figure out the situation you could even do stuff in and it's not like those things don't exist, you know, in youth academies or, you know, or in, you know, right. under 18, under 23 kind of things. But, you know, he was saying that it's a very different prospect developing players like that nowadays because the way that they are so they have certain things ingrained in them. That's why, to me, it's so important when you have a player like Pepe and you have a player like Thomas, uh, Thomas Partey, who they have this really good ability to make something happen you see you know Partey do that you know i watched the ghana games over the inner lull right and obviously it's a way lower standard than what he is in but he can make so much stuff happen with the way he uses the ball the way he shields the ball and he gets himself out of pressure and plays the ball in really good spaces he did that for atletico madrid so to me it, it's i think it i think it's like like i said it's like you said it's a mixture of things it's like I don't know if like the players we have, like someone like Jaka is just always, always safety first conservative player. He always yeah. is. He's not going to make those super risky passes. Um, and he's not, he, he can't, you see every time, whenever he tries to dribble somebody, it's because he couldn't make a pass and he knows if he dribbles, he'll get fouled. And as soon as he falls over, he grabs the ball. So it's yeah. like, he's not, you know, that's like, I think that's literally his signature move. Like that's his, that's what he is the best at. Um, Obviously, I'm being facetious, but yeah, right. it was frustrating. That's frustrating. It's frustrating seeing a player with that kind of quality in our midfield. He is our best midfield player. Yeah. And either our team, they just don't know what to do with him, or they just can't fathom the idea that if they gave the ball to somebody like that, they might run up the field and do something with it. Do something with it. And I think a lot of this is going to be, it's going to come down to Arteta coaching 
just some courage and some attacking impetus into this side that so far he's been focused on shoring things up at the back. You know, he's been focused on don't leave your position. Don't get caught out in transition. Safety first. He's emphasized that because that's what yeah. Arsenal needed when he took over. And to be fair, it's, it's gotten better. Even, even, oh, yeah. though, even if we look at Mustafi, you know, he spent so much time on the sidelines. He, you know, Emery told him that he could leave. He should leave. He didn't. He came under so much criticism, rightly so, because he made a lot of terrible mistakes. I think there's a lot of bad coaching involved in those mistakes as well. Yeah. I really do. But when Arteta comes in, he rehabilitates him as a player, and we have to be fair to him. He played really well, and if he didn't get injured, he probably would have played in the FA Cup final. Definitely, I would say definitely. As and the, so the ironic thing about that, and this might be a good segue into the second half of what actually happened, is I do think for their goal for that um, that Vardy goal, Mustafi is massively cut out. It, it was we we got done by Mustafi. We got Mustafied and we got shotgunned for that uh, for that Vardy goal. If you watch it again, I don't know how many times you've watched it. I don't know why you would rewatch it. Um, but I what have, I've I've only watched it once, and I was like, "Fuck that, fuck that." Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but I I have heard it, you know, be told that those two Mustafi and Shaka are the ones guarding the channels. And where does Jamie Vardy like to run? into the channels between the center backs and the fullbacks. And at that point, Shaka was playing left back. That's not a job he's good at, never has been, never will be. It was just ironic that like, ah, here we go again. I felt this. And I don't want to be too harsh on Mustafi. He's been out for a long time with a really bad hamstring injury, and this is his first game back. Um, But at the same time, he's, like you said, some of it's poor coaching, but a lot of it is just how a player reacts under pressure. And we've seen Mustafi crumble under pressure and make stupid decisions. We've seen Shaka crumble under pressure and make stupid decisions that have cost the club champions league football in Emery's first season. Literally the two of them cost the club champions league football with two individual errors in that run in. If you remember, I'm thinking of the Brighton game with Shaka yeah. in particular, but anyways, yeah. like we got Mustafi for that, that Vardy goal and it, and it wasn't nice. And it's, it's just one of those things, you know, coming back to Thomas party and how we get him more involved. It's, it's gotta be, I think a lot of this defeat can be laid at Arteta's doorstep. He's got to figure out how to get this team playing. Um, and he's got to figure out if this is the formation he wants to use going forward, he's got to figure out how to get Thomas party more involved. That's the nut to crack. That's the sort of mystery to solve. It's coaching it into the players. Like play this guy, play it through the middle. It's okay. I know that since I've been here, we've been bypassing the middle of the park and playing out on the wings, playing out on the touchline, playing balls over to Alba for him to run onto and score beautiful goals. Like he did in that FA cup um, semifinal and final. Um, But it's, it's about finding a new way of playing when teams sit back and let us have the ball. Um, So that's, that's the big, I think my, biggest takeaway from this game is that's what Arteta's got to figure out. It's half, you know, getting used to playing with a new midfielder in Thomas party, who I think makes granite shocker redundant. But I think the other half of it is it's Arteta got, he's got to coach into this team, some attacking impetus because while we don't have a very solid, good attacking midfielder, we weren't able to buy um, Alwar in the summer or a midfielder like him. I think there's more creativity in this team than we're showing. I think there's yeah, more creativity sure. in this team than just Bakayo Saka and David Luiz. There's more creativity in it. And it's about approaching a game with the right mindset and being courageous. And that's, that's on Arteta. He's got to get us to do that. So that's, that's my general like big takeaway from that second half as disappointing as it was. So, I mean, that's my general takeaway from the game. And it's, to me, it's similar to the Man City game is yeah. if you don't take your chances, you don't win games. And yeah. if you can't create chances, then there's none for you to take. 
And I think that that's exactly what happened to us. We didn't yeah. take our chances and we didn't create enough chances. So yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, hopefully, hopefully things change around for next weekend and we get a big game at Manchester United. I mean, that's not going to be a fun game. Um, but before we have that game, um, we are playing Dundalk in the Europa League on Thursday. Um, honestly, I feel like there's not too much to say about that. I think we played our probably our hardest game in the group stage against Rapid Vienna. So yeah. Dundalk, they're kind of a smaller Irish team, which is kind of nice. So we don't have to travel very far. Um, is it away yeah. or is it a home game? Uh, I think it's away, isn't it? It might be. I feel, don't they alternate like our... Uh, no, no, no. It's a home game. So okay. that's perfect. That's, that's good. Think, yeah, because we go away because yeah, our United. United game is away. Yeah. So, Eef. I mean, yeah, I think the United game is going to be tricky. Um, I, th- I thought this Leicester game, honestly, was really important because they're a direct top four rival. Um, it's going to be it's going to be tight this year. There's a lot of teams that are very good. You know, you're looking at Everton, look at Aston Villa. They're playing very well this season. Yeah. Leicester, Chelsea, Man United, Spurs, Liverpool, Man City. All of these teams want to be in the top four. Wolves, so, you got to think, might make a yeah, push. Wolves, like, I mean, there's there's yeah, other so, teams, too. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, so for I mean losing this Leicester game, obviously it's early in the season. You don't want to put too much pressure on it, but it could really, really those three points could really come back to fuck us in the end. But yeah, I think this United game is going to be big. I think it's going to be a big game because if we lose that game, and it's for the same reasons, yeah, then I I not like you know I don't think Arteta is like going to lose his job or anything, but no. I think then you have to start asking some serious questions about whether or not he's making the right decisions because I don't know. I just, I just feel like he can't keep choosing Lacazette. He can't keep, you know, playing so conservatively, getting this team to play so conservatively in, in themselves that, you know, we can't even score goals. I mean, that's two premier league games in a row that we haven't scored. Yeah. Alba hasn't scored in a long time. And so, yeah, I don't know. I I'm, I am nervous about that United game because I think it's going to be a big game. Yeah, I saw a really funny tweet. I can't remember. Um, it might have made uh, James Gunnerblog um, from the much revered Oscast Extra. Um, he oh, said something oh, oh, oh. like... He had <laughs> Gold's have the queen. Um, he said something <laughs> about... Uh, he's like, I don't mean to be dramatic... But I'm not sure if Arsenal are ever going to score another goal again. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm worried that Arsenal are never going to score another goal again because, like you said, it's just been. Oh, that's that's um, you didn't listen to the Arscast. I listened to uh, like the first 15 minutes of it earlier today. Yeah, and uh, there's this guy. I can't remember the the guy who sent them a tweet or whatever, but he said, not to be dramatic, but do you think Arsenal is done as an establishment? <laughs> <laughs> I know those those kind of yeah. memes are going around, and I think actually the point of those like just I don't know funny tweets, comments, whatever. I I kind of agree with them. The way football moves these days, it's fast, it's furious. Like people get way too upset way too quickly. I'm no one. I don't think should be anywhere close to saying Arteta out. I think Arteta's got some problems to work on and some things to solve. But 
I'm I'm still in I'm not I'm nowhere near being Arteta out. I'm nowhere near I'm like still in his camp. I still think he's the right coach, right man for the job. Yeah. It's it's he's just still young and he's still got some learning to do. And he he has some, you know, not ideal personnel to work with at Arsenal from a creative standpoint. But the you know, the penny's gotta drop at some point. I hope it doesn't come after a loss to United. I hope we see changes this next game. I hope party's more involved. I wanna see Alba through the middle so bad. And if that's not gonna happen, I wanna see Eddie start instead of Lacazette. He's gotta be taken out. Um yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Um but yeah we just I wanna see if nothing else, even if we lose the game, um by some fluky odd thing, if David De Gea has another one of those nights where he makes nineteen saves or something uh, against us that's happened before. Um, I would just at least like us to to create chances and play with some attacking impetus and go after the game. It'll be yeah. a little bit different because it's away from home um, against a quote-unquote bigger side than Leicester, even if I don't know if they're quite as good or they're about even, whatever. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he approaches the game um, and the lineup and where we're at with injuries for Louise, for Saka. Uh, God forbid he's actually out and hopefully they took him off as a precaution, but... Yeah, we'll wait and see, but I just it's on Arteta at this point. Um, in my mind, he's got to uh, figure out how to get this team creating, and I think a lot of that's going to just be through good raw coaching because he doesn't have too much personnel to switch up. It's he's got to get the players that he's got playing yeah. with more attacking impetus, and so that's that's where I think this game. That's what it left me thinking. That's what it left me feeling. Yeah, yeah, and I think too. Um, you know, we can just end it really quick. Just talk, just kind of coming back to the Europa League game against Dundalk, because I think it'll be interesting how he rotates for that game, because it's important in the sense that we need to win it because we do need to finish top of the group. So yeah, you know, it's so we it's easier for us, you know. But yeah, it, it, I'm wondering, you know, you got to think like hopefully, you know, he he's probably not going to play Partey. Yeah. You know, he might not play Ceballos. I mean, they might travel, but you got to think, I mean, he might play Shaka because he always does. Yeah, he won't um, play Tierney. He won't play Tierney. He won't play. But for me, it's interesting with the with the back, um, you know, with our with our uh, deep defense back there because you got to think, like, man, if Louise is hurt and or, you know, even if it's just a strain, you don't want to risk him because you, you need to play him at United. Yeah, Gabrielle, who has been playing really well. Oh yeah, like ma- you know, massive highlight so far. It's just him coming in, and I mean, he played great last night. He did, yeah. Um, so it's like for me, it's like, man, I don't want him to play in against Dundalk, even though it's a home game. It's like I don't want him to. I want him. I want him to be fresh for United. So I think it's going to be interesting the way we set up. Obviously, I think Mustafi will play. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I hope. Ames Limit and Niles plays. He needs to get some game time. Nelson needs game time. Um, you know, we have other players who are coming back. You know, Pablo Marie is back in training. Chambers yeah. is trying to get fit again. So is Emile Smith Rowe. So we have Willick who hasn't gotten any you know any minutes in a long while. Saliba obviously can't play in the Europa League, but I just feel like we got a lot of rotation options. Yeah. And we really gotta use them because I'm just going to be pissed off if we go to United and play like shit, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it was a little disheartening after this game. It was a little disheartening that we didn't end up going for it after the City game, after this game. So, yeah, I hope we just get through this midweek, this Thursday game, get through it unscathed, see some good squad rotation, um, 
get some kids some minutes, um, hopefully get some players, like you said, like Nelson and Willick some minutes because they could be creative options off the bench. You know, they need some good minutes, get some confidence back, get some uh, minutes in their legs. Um, and then hopefully we see them on the bench to hopefully change games up if we need them to. Because the other thing that we didn't really talk about, there weren't a whole lot of options on the bench outside of Pepe yeah. and Kedia from an offensive standpoint, you know. Yeah, um, sure. So so we'll see what what I think the lineup is the most important thing about this game on Thursday, because I think we'll win. Um, it's a pretty, you know, without being too disrespectful to them, it's a lot lower standard of opposition, um, even for the Dirty Europa League. Dirty little slugs. Dirty little slugs, yeah. Um, fog them, dude. Um so, Sluggy little sausage bastards. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. The lineup, I think, is all I really care about for that game. Um, so yeah, there's players I don't want to see, players I do. We'll see what happens, and hopefully we stay fit and fresh for United. Um, do you know if that game's on Saturday or Sunday this next weekend? Uh, I believe it's Sunday um, because Europa League. Yeah, it's on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, 8.30 a.m. Oh, no, for you, 11. Yeah, we'll be back next week um, after we beat Dundalk 1,000 to 1 because we will get scored on. And after we beat <laughs> uh, United, I, I'm honestly, I think it'll be like 2-1 if we beat them. United? I, I don't think it, yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be a close game. It should It should be. Depend, depending on what our defensive options are and what he does in midfield um, and what formation we line up with. That's it's going to be a tough game, but we'll um, yeah, we'll chat about it some more. I'm sure you and I during the week and um, and uh, yeah, pot about it as soon as we can yeah, after the game. We will. All right, great. Well, let's leave it there. Yep. Talk to you guys soon. Bye bye. Bye.